This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Well, the time's just going, a quarter to eight. Uh, welcome, Anthony, our, our correspondent from Israel. Good morning, Anthony. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Mike. Hi, listeners. It's been a very, very busy weekend of sport, of course, for the Rugby Championship right. and Wimbledon as well. But um, let's not forget the European Under-20 Basketball Championship that ended yes, yesterday well was held in, yeah, sorry, in the uh, Greek island of Crete. Um, the Israeli Under-20 team were finalists against France. Um, coming up short in the end, unfortunately, in overtime. But what an exciting game it was to watch and um, how well the young Israeli team did um, to not only make the final, but indeed to acquit themselves so well in the final, making it an unbelievably exciting game. Um, those people who were watching really um, were not able to even sit down as um, the scores were tied at the end of regular time. And then the game went into overtime when the French were just unfortunately too strong. They were a fantastic team. The French were the winners of the tournament. But I have to say that I think the Israeli team were worthy runners up. And I think they've done themselves and Israel proud. Also, um, blessing Afrifa. He is an Israeli athlete. He comes from Ghanaian extract. His father was an employee at the Ghanaian consulate in Tel Aviv when Blessing was born. And Blessing has grown up in Israel, two Ghanaian parents, and he has established himself as an elite athlete. And he was granted Israeli citizenship, full Israeli citizenship, in 2020. Um, and it was incredible to hear what he said. He said, I'm an Israeli. I was born here. My friends are here. I don't know any other option. I'm no different from my friends who are residents of Israel. And I want to represent Israel and win medals. When he was given his citizenship, he went on to say, I can't describe how excited I am. I couldn't even eat due to my excitement. Wow. I have more confidence and motivation to win achievements for Israel. Yesterday, Blessing was in Finland in the under-23 uh, uh, European Championships. He won gold medal in the 200 meters in a time of 20.97 seconds. Not his best time because he has already broken the 20-second barrier, becoming the first Israeli athlete ever to break 20 seconds for 200 meters. So uh, well done to Blessing Afrifa, who has brought a great deal of credit to Israeli athletics. And I did really want to talk about 
what went down over the weekend in Sweden with the burning of the Torah scroll, with the ultimate not burning of the Torah scroll. We don't have a great deal of time to talk about it, and I'm sure that it has been a topic of discussion. All I would like to say about it, and of course the Israeli politicians were very vocal about speaking out against the um, decision by the Swedish court to allow the burning of the Torah scroll in the interests of the freedom of speech, because apparently this is what liberal thought does. <clears throat> it hmm. says you're free to do whatever you wish, including insulting groups of people. And my little uh, bit on, on this particular subject, which includes the decision by the Swedish court to allow the burning of the Koran, which of course preceded the decision to allow the burning of the Torah scroll, is that in a democracy, not only do we allow freedom of the majority to rule and freedom of speech, but we also have minority protections. And unfortunately, I think that the Swedish court has forgotten that particular responsibility of minority protection. When you have minority groups within a democracy, they are afforded automatic protection under the rules of democracy. And I think that the Swedish courts have just forgotten that little element of what a democracy is really about. Indeed, minority protections, Anti, you underlined the point there, and uh, yeah, someone didn't get the memo. Of course, now, congratulations to Israeli sports people for that matter. I mean, look at the Under-20 World Cup and all these sporting codes that uh, Israel is exceeding at. But, Anthony, I think we'd better just uh, put that aside for now and uh, discuss it in more detail at a later date. For now, let's just see what's happened, what transpired, rather, over the weekend Political uh, politics-wise, if I can put it that way. Prime well, Minister Netanyahu being released from hospital after spending Saturday night admitted for observation. What is uh, the situation now? Well, lots and lots of stories surrounding the Prime Minister spending the night in hospital on Saturday. He was admitted late on Saturday. He was taken from his home, his private home in Kisaria, which is where he likes to spend his weekends. Um, he was taken to the uh, Sheba Hospital at Tel Shomer, where he was admitted. He came on to say it was all because he had spent Friday at the Sea of Galilee, at the Kinneret, and that he didn't wear a hat and he was in the sun during uh, the heat wave that we've been experiencing here. And as a result of that, he suffered some dehydration. And because of the dehydration, um, he wasn't feeling particularly well on Saturday. And that is the reason that he was admitted to hospital. However, there were some little things around that which kind of didn't all stack up. So the first of which is everybody saying, well, if you're suffering from dehydration, the likelihood of you still feeling dehydrated 24 hours later is very, very slim. Usually dehydration is a relatively immediate thing. You need to take care of it right away. It's either you either take in liquids or you have an infusion. And by the time tomorrow comes, you are already recovered from dehydration. So it didn't sound like dehydration to many people as soon as the, the message came out. The other thing that was uh, quite glaring in the whole uh, process of being, being admitted to hospital was he was admitted in the cardiology unit, which, of course, is not where you would normally treat dehydration. So then people came out saying, well, it's obvious that he was admitted there because that's where they have a private suite, which is appropriate for a prime minister when he's conducting matters of state. It's private and it's quiet. And that's where the most appropriate place would be for a prime minister. As it turns out, it seems as if, though, the prime minister wasn't really dehydrated. 
and that he did actually undergo some cardiological tests. And yesterday it was um, announced that he'd been released from hospital, but he has an, a subcutaneous monitor, a halter that has been inserted in order to monitor his heart activities. This is um, something which apparently is quite common um, and that can be inserted under the skin for something like three years, providing information about um, the person's um, heart condition. And so even though the Prime Minister doesn't seem to be particularly unwell and he seems to be well enough to continue with his daily activities, at 73 years old, there are some questions being asked about the Prime Minister's health and whether the nation has a right to have access to the Prime Minister's medical records. Now, I know that in some countries it is a thing for the leader, the president or the prime minister to make public their medical records. But is it required that the leader of the country makes their private medical records available for scrutiny to all of those who wish to look at it? I am kind of not sure about this. And I wondered what you, Mike, thought about it. And, of course, what the listeners think about making the leaders private medical records available to everybody to see. So that's point number one. Point number two was apparently Yair Lapid, the leader of the opposition, tweeted immediately wishing the prime minister a speedy recovery, as indeed numerous other people did, not only from within Israel, but from abroad as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yair Lapid's tweet was really quick. And some people were wondering how it came so quickly. And there was even some cynical comment about that he even released the tweet wishing the Prime Minister well before he'd even felt unwell. It was that quick. And um, so a lot of cynical comment around how quickly Yair Lapid was onto the Twitter mm. in order to wish the Prime Minister well. But perhaps of more serious concern is the fact that we don't have a formally appointed I was person. Going to, I was going to come to that. I was about to ask you who's now... Uh, like say uh, running running the show in uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu's absence. Well, he's not absent, and he's continued to run the show even while he was in hospital. Well, but of course, many questions were yeah. being asked about what might happen mm-hmm. if the Prime Minister, for any reason, was incapacitated. Who would run the show? And the answer is, nobody is currently appointed to replace the Prime Minister in the event that he's unwell. And this process apparently would be that the cabinet would have to meet in order to appoint somebody from within their ranks to run the show in his absence, which, of course, creates some level of uncertainty Mm -hmm. about what might happen if the prime minister were incapacitated for any reason. And let's remember that this is already the second time within a year that the prime minister has been admitted to hospital. Last year on Yom Kippur, he was feeling unwell and went directly from um, the uh, shul service uh, to the hospital after Yom Kippur in order to receive treatment. On that occasion, it was also just an overnight observation after which he was released, and he seems to have been quite well up until then. But even so, there should potentially... I think, be a more certain uh, outcome if, in the event, the Prime Minister might not be able to to run things, sure. who okay. would be the person who would run the show? So we, we, we are out on that one at the moment, and unfortunately, there is no answer.
Indeed, uh, wishing Prime Minister Netanyahu well in his recovery following what transpired over the weekend. Uh, Anthony, let's move on to three Israelis who were injured in a terror attack at Tokara Junction yesterday. What lies behind these uh, latest attacks? Well, I think that this is just another one in a whole series of terror attacks that we've been experiencing. There has been a significant uptick in the activities of terrorists, particularly in the area of Judea and Samaria. Tokoa Junction, unfortunately, has been a place where terror attacks have been carried out in the past. It is um, in the area which is commonly called the West Bank. It's that area which was not part of Israel prior to the 1967 war and which is currently very much uh, controversial mm-hmm. about Israelis and uh, living there and Israel, of course, having control over that area. That's where Tokoa Junction is. And um, yesterday, unfortunately, um, an individual from Hebron, who we are told is a member of Hamas and has in the past already been arrested by Israeli authorities. So he is somebody who's clearly um, been under uh, the watch of Israeli security services. But yet yesterday, he was free to move around that area. He was driving in his car. He fired a weapon from within his own car towards another car, just randomly fired at another car. The unfortunate people who happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time passing by that individual uh, was a a, a man um, in 36 years old traveling in a car with two of his daughters aged 14 and 9. The man, Elroy Kapach, was shot in the stomach um, as he drove past that car. His daughters were injured by uh, shrapnel, by broken glass as a result of the bullet um, that was fired towards that car. But El Roy took a direct hit in his stomach and he was very, very seriously injured. Initially, he was taken to hospital in Jerusalem where he had uh, treatment at Shara Tzedek Hospital. They performed emergency surgery on him to extract the bullet um, and to treat his injuries. And fortunately, by the end of yesterday, there was already a significant improvement in his general health. Um, and as a result of that emergency surgery, it would appear as if those, those surgeons had literally saved his life and, and allowed him um, to, to recover. So today he is already feeling quite a lot better. In the meantime, the terrorist managed to escape. And we understand that there was a tip-off to Israeli authorities from local Palestinians that this individual was hiding in a mosque in Bethlehem. And the Israeli securities were led to this mosque in Bethlehem where they arrested him together with some others who were with him. Um, There were some people apparently injured in the incident during that arrest process. But now those individuals are um, uh, within Israeli custody. And, of course, I'm sure that the Israeli security services will deal with them. Just a little side note is that Elroy Kapach is married to Tamar and Tamar suffered the most unbelievable tragedy when both of her parents were killed <clears throat> excuse me in a terror attack on kibbutz kisufim during the time of the gaza disengagement in 2005 so this is a family that has already suffered significant heartbreak sure. in terror activities um, fortunately on this occasion it seems as if the elroi will be okay
Anthony, we're going to have to leave it there. We've just about run out of time. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Israel Report. Looking forward to chatting to you tomorrow at the same time. Anthony Reich, our correspondent from Israel, bringing us the latest on the Israeli sporting front and the health front. Prime Minister Netanyahu wishing him well and all those injured in this terror attack at Tekoa Junction, as uh, Anthony just spoke about now. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com.